A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to a brand new Arsblog Arscast, right here on Arsblog.com. How are you? Hope you're well. Thank you very much indeed, as always, for being here. It's a Thursday. We've brought the Arscast forward from Friday, and this is what we're going to do throughout this season because with Champions League back, there is an appetite to discuss and debate and relive the games as soon as possible. So... Throughout this Champions League campaign, we will be doing the Arsecast the day after the game. So a Tuesday night, we'll do one Wednesday morning. Wednesday night, we'll do one Thursday morning. And that will take the place in the normal schedule of the regular Friday Arsecast. For more listening pleasure, of course, we do preview all our Premier League games over on Patreon. So you'll have something to listen to if you are a Patreon member. But in terms of the regular feed, we want to get these out as quickly as possible because, well, just people want to talk about these games. And when you go back into the Champions League and you kick off with a 4-0 win over PSV, oof, nobody wants to wait, so this is why we're getting on it pretty much straight away, and we're going to keep it consistent as much as possible, so we're going to have a regular guest to do these Champions League podcasts with me throughout this European campaign, hopefully all the way to May, is Phil Costa. Hello, Phil. Hello, Andrew. How are we doing? We're good. We're good. You know, I had a, a sort of optimistic hat on yesterday when I was thinking about this game and thinking about what it means to be back in the Champions League and all the rest of it. And there was part of me that was like, eh, you know, it's it's maybe a little bit uh, overblown, all this, you know, people going on. When the anthem uh, plays out, it's going to be amazing. And I was like, yeah, it'll be good. It'll be fine. I'm glad to be back in the Champions League. Then the anthem played. And, and uh, when the anthem finished, there was a roar from the mm. crowd inside the stadium and I was like, oh, okay, I'm on board with all this. We're back. We're back. We're back. Yeah, really, really good. I, I have to admit, I I felt a lot of jealousy um, and FOMO to the people who were there in the stadium, even though I'm pretty sure they went home with trench foot, um, <laughs> you know, because they didn't stop raiding for 12 hours yesterday in London. Um, but yeah, I used to go quite regularly with with my dad and my grandpa to to the games so mm. uh it's it's on my list this season for sure to get yeah. back for one because it just looked amazing to be to be in there yeah it looked good didn't it the lights and the the wavy round champions league thingy and all the rest of it 
uh, it did look amazing. It looked amazing. And even if the weather was a bit um, below par, Arsenal's performance on the night was anything but. So we're going to delve into the, the nuts and bolts of all this. I suppose we should start with the team selection. Nothing too surprising. I'd sort of thought that Kai Havertz and Gabriel Jesus would start this game. They did. Trossard in for Martinelli. David Raya kept his place. I don't know if that's a discussion point you know, anymore. We've sort of done the goalkeeper thing to death a little bit in the last few days. But any sort of thoughts on the on the lineup? It was pretty strong considering there's a North London derby on the horizon. I did wonder if he might change things around just a little bit more. But he was obviously very, very keen to make sure that we kicked off this European campaign in good style. Yeah, I think that's it really. You know, you you're at home. It's the first game back in a long time. You kind of want to put your put your flag down really. Um and I think we've we did that, you know, and I, look the obvious talking point pre-match was Raya starting again ahead of Ramsdale. I wasn't overly surprised, but it it did feel a, a bit harsh, I have mm. to say, considering Ramsdale was a you know, quite an influential piece in getting us back here in the first place, but Ultimately, Raya did nothing wrong against Everton, so it probably made sense to start him again. And, you know, we want ruthlessness from Arteta and it kind of echoed the situation with with Leno and Ramsdale, mm. you know, when he first managed to get into the team. It was that first international break and, you know, he was basically straight in. And that's the ruthlessness in action. So, I mean, how I do you feel about that? Yeah. I mean, because, you know, you, you say we want ruthlessness. We want standards to improve. We want players to be driven and motivated. And you want to raise the level and continuously raise the level, raise the level. That's what you got to do if you're uh, going to compete with a team like Manchester City. But there's also the human element, isn't there, where Ramsdale is just, we all love Aaron Ramsdale. He's been a very, very good player for us, really popular figure. Uh, people, you know, he's part of, you know, when... Um, when Mikel Arteta has talked consistently about, you know, connecting the club and the fans again, I think he's been a big part of that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or at least has played his part in that, where you're looking at players on the pitch and you're looking at players and thinking, I like you. I don't want to take you out to the woods and drive off and leave you, you know, like with some of the guys you've had in the past. And Ramsdale, I think, has been you know, one of the players in particular with whom fans have connected in a, in a very big way. So it's trying to find that balance between the ruthlessness that, yes, we want that, but it's like, oh, you can't feel bad for him. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad for him as well, but I also can't let that cloud my judgment. And what I've seen from Ramsdale maybe since January has not been his best most consistent form I think there's been some high profile mistakes I think his confidence has been hit slightly um and look maybe this is just a a realization of of what's going to happen now with both of these keepers I mean it's not um this won't have been a secret to Ramsdale that a top quality keeper is coming in and and look there's competition for your place now Mm -hmm. and you know we know that Ramsdale is no shrinking violet this is going to be a an opportunity for him to step up to fight back for his place and you know maybe this is just the the little kick he needs to to find his best level again look raya was very assured on the night mm-hmm. he wasn't overly tested like against everton but we spoke about his superpowers on the new player podcast after he signed and two of the things that stood out were his long distribution which was influential towards the end of the first half and and towards the, the third goal in particular and his ability to come and claim crosses, which was which was faultless. Mm. You know, he made five high claims in the box. 
His decision making was very secure. His timing very secure. You know, and and this is just what it's going to be like ultimately for the team. It's it's good to have this, and it's all about the reaction. Mm. And, and as we said, I don't think Raya, sorry, Ramsdale is the kind of character to to feel sorry for himself and mope around. I think this is going to be the the fire in his belly that he needs to to get his place back. All right. Well, let's see how that plays out um, on the pitch. Of course. Arsenal took an early lead. I think there's something quite nice about Bukayo Saka on his first Champions League appearance, scoring his first Champions League goal early, early in the game, which is, I think, something we've needed. Maybe in a couple of games this season, it hasn't quite happened, but an early goal for him. And there's something quite fitting about you know, a player like Saka who who emerged in the dark times and has led us into the light, if you will. He's been instrumental in getting us back into the Champions League and he scores our first Champions League goal in over six years. Yeah, a lovely moment. A really, really lovely moment. I, I think he's warming up, I have to say. I mean, he has such a nice appreciation for the gears in his game and I don't think it's been... Oh, that's incredible. That's my door. Unbelievable. Doorbell music. Here we come. <laughs> Doorbell music. One second. Yeah. So, yeah, you were talking about Saka and his gears. I mean, yeah, he has such a nice appreciation for the gears in his game. And and look, it hasn't been the most electric start to the season. I think he has looked a little bit leggy at times. But when a switch needs to be flicked, he can do it, you know. And I think yesterday he knew that Serginho Dest was was a weak point yesterday playing at left back when he's normally a right back. You know, Noah Lang was playing ahead of him and he isn't the most diligent defender, uh, let's just say. And he was just going at him again and again. Mm. And look, you know, that was the way in. Golden assist on his Champions League debut, taken off with 20 minutes to to spare ahead of Sunday. And, you know, it just felt right. Like you said, he was a big, a big, important, consistent figure in kind of guiding us out of the trenches and... That was his moment. He took it perfectly and it kind of set the tone for the rest of the night. I mean, look, the discussion about Saka has been so interesting because I think we all know there's a level that he can play to that he hasn't quite played to yet. But in seven games this season, if you include the Community Shield, three goals and four assists. So it's a goal involvement in uh, per game, basically, he's averaging, which is mm-hmm. when you consider the fact that maybe he can play better and maybe he can deliver more is uh, just amazing and product. You know, for a guy, and I've said this countless times, for a guy who's 22 to be delivering at this level is is unbelievable. It really is, you know. Um, young players come through and they sort of, they they have their moments and then they plateau a bit and then they maybe lose form a bit and then they come back into form. Like, his consistency is just unbelievable. And I, you know, I think it's worth pointing out again because I don't know that we should take it for granted in any way. I think we should sometimes just step back and appreciate what we've got in Bakayo Saka and hopefully what what is still to come from Bakayo Saka. But in the, in the short term, just sort of look at this guy and think, holy fuck, 
you know, what a what a jewel in the Academy crown he is. Well, this could be, you know, this weekend could be his 86th consecutive league appearance. And that's no, no shock, mm. no surprise. As you said, he's been the model of consistency, improvement. And, you know, he was kind of the perfect player and person to kind of hedge our bets on, mm. you know, because he's one of us. He came through the academy. Look, he's had to play at left back a bit. He's played at left wing back. It's just incredible. We are witnessing someone develop into, I mean, he already is one of the best players in the world, but we've had to watch that right in front of our eyes. And it's just been amazing to, to see. Mm. Um, and yeah, as we said, he was just one of a, an incredibly slick and, and firing front three yesterday, which I'm sure we'll get onto. Yeah, we will. I mean, the second goal he was involved in, he played the ball across to Leandro Trossard, very much enjoyed the finish. Somebody on Twitter this morning um, complained that I didn't reference the Andre Arshavin goal against Barcelona in terms of that finish. And <laughs> I, I can see where he's coming from in, in that regard. But what starts this goal is a really uh, smart intervention in midfield in our own half from Gabriel Jesus, who wins the ball, drives into their half, plays it out to Bakayo Saka. Like you said, maybe there's a weakness at, at left back in the PSV ranks. Uh, they didn't quite get close to him. I think it was quite noticeable, wasn't it, that um, PSV's approach obviously was not to sit and it wasn't to to sort of spoil or park the bus or anything like that, which you know was to their detriment and to our enjoyment. Uh, so I'm not complaining about it. But I, I don't quite know what they thought they were going to get from Bukayo Saka in this game because even when you're playing somebody like Manchester United I remember very early in that game Saka got the ball in a similar kind of position maybe a little deeper in the opposition half but a similar kind of position picked up a pass and immediately Marcus Rashford sprinted back to make it a 2-1-1 for Manchester United against Saka and this defending if you want to call it defending was nowhere near as as thorough and Saka had the time to sort of drive on, cut inside on his left foot, roll a great pass across to Trossard, who was basically on his own. Great finish. You know, you could say the defending wasn't brilliant, but I think you you have to give Arsenal credit for absolutely maximising the, the transition that we created when Jesus intercepted that ball. Yeah, I mean, you and Lewis discussed it on the preview pod, right? Um Thank you to Peter Bosch with your high line and man-to-man -man pressing. Mm. Um, you know, Arsenal were probably for the first time this season finally afforded some space, you know, after trudging our way through some games against some deep blocks where we've had to, we've had to earn every inch in the penalty area. You know, this is what happens when you give this Arsenal attack space. And like you said, they were onto that loose ball in a flash. Jesus looked so sharp and on it in that first half and you know what I love about Leandro Trossard is that we are a young team but when he plays it just it just feels like there's an adult in the room you know every every touch every pass every body movement seems to have a a reason behind it there's an intention behind it and get him anywhere around that penalty box and he is clinical mm. um you know i love the finish i love that he just took the pace of the pass guided it into the corner it was a lovely goal a lovely move and you know i thought he was a bit unfortunate to sit out for the first few weeks after having such a, a strong preseason. but when he plays you can see his quality and 
you know, again, in terms of value for money, especially when you see what happened in the days prior to that with Mikhailo Mudrik going to Chelsea, you know, mm. with each passing week, it seems like a major bullet being dodged. Well, look, um, yeah, he, he ended the game with a goal, an assist, three key passes, um, you know, following up on the on the goal that he scored uh, at the weekend with his left foot. This is a, a beautiful right-footed finish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he fits. I think he fits. I think, you know, he's somebody, like you say, in a, in a fairly young team who's been able to come in and you know, deliver. I know he hasn't maybe scored as many goals as people would like, but you know, he got a lot of assists last season for us and he got a, an assist for the third goal as well. But I think a lot of the discussion about this third goal has to center around Gabriel Jesus. The, the distribution from Raya from the back, like it's a good kick. It's, you know, it's a good long kick. Uh, And again, I think, you know, we've had this discussion, haven't we about the trajectory of his, long uh his long balls they're not mm-hmm. high and floaty and they drop out of the sky giving the defender all the time in the world there is a sort of nice um slightly lower arc to them which makes it maybe a bit easier for um for our players to get there but the control that jesus uh, showed to take that ball down in a packed uh, PSV half. We have to go back with it a little bit. Then it's a good ball over the top from Gabriel to Trossard, who made a great run down the left-hand side. Cross to the back post, touch, shot, bang. I mean, starting and finishing the move uh, from an outfield sense from Jesus was was superb. Um, And he, I think he's shown in this game, you know, what he brings to this team and maybe what we lost sight of a little bit. You know, in his absence, the team did well, but we had discussions in in the first part of last season about, you know, what exactly he is doing, how he's doing it, the different level that he has brought to the team. Mikel Arteta said last week about Gabriel Jesus, he changed our world, is what he said, which is a fairly grand statement. But you can see what he means when he he's capable of pulling off stuff like that. Yeah, he has. You know, and he was absolutely magic yesterday. I, I I feel like I always start Gabriel Jesus' praise with an Eddie and Ketia disclaimer. Mm. You know, that being second best to a player of this quality should not be considered a, a slight against you or a bad thing. He is just a brilliant footballer. You know, he is our centre forward. He is the perfect centre forward for this team um, in terms of what Arteta wants. And how how sharp does he look? Um, you know, I say that he plays with a high-vis jacket on because you can't miss him. He bangs and crashes around. He drops into midfield. He can hold defenders off and bring balls out of the sky. He can link and vacate space for our forwards who then benefit from that. And, you know, they couldn't handle him. Armel Belakot-Chap is a good young defender. Couldn't handle him, you know. And his goal was taken so well, the touch and, and finish. You know, even before then, he was inches away from from connecting to a Ben White cross. And there was another shot that looked destined for the top corner after some sharp footwork in the box, you know, in which, which the keeper had to make a good save. You know, this was Gabriel Jesus at his best. And again, look, the opposition was, was maybe not the, of the highest quality, but I was a little bit worried. I have to say when I saw that first injury update come out, I think it was just after the, the lineup was released for the Monaco game in the Emirates Cup, you know, when they, they mm. said he had a knee problem and that he'd have to be assessed. There was just kind of a vagueness around that. And I was expecting four, five, six weeks, but him for him to be back already, 
looking like this. I mean, he just elevates our game and and I just love him. I really love the way he plays because it's all in, all action. And if he can start to add some some goals to his game, you know, who knows? Mm. Who knows what he'll achieve this season? He is just so good and more importantly, good in the Champions League. Yes. And his record in the Champions League is so good and most of the time he's not even been starting. So if he can kind of bring that experience and expertise to to this side who are the opposite of that, by all means, bring it on. Yeah, I mean, his, his comeback from the knee injury has been, I think you probably have to say, really well managed. Mm-hmm. You know, he came on late in the Fulham game and, and really couldn't do anything at that point. Um, you know, similarly late in the Manchester United game, uh, he played a bit for Brazil during the international break, came on against um, Everton, you know, got a good 25 minutes, 30 minutes under his belt in that game. And he's ready to start now against uh, PSV. And I think you see, you know, how carefully they've brought him back to make sure that when he does come back, he's at exactly the right level to... Uh, to contribute in the way that we want him to contribute. I mean, he's six shots yesterday, three shots on target. Um, you know, if, if you want to be critical, you might say, well, he, maybe he's a little bit profligate with six shots. Maybe he should score a little more. But, you know, his all-round contribution to our performance was was unbelievable. He only made 13 passes in the game, but he had 37 or something touches of the ball. So it shows that he is, um, you know, part of the way that this team is glued together, or part of the way that the the sort of uh, front and back of the team are glued together. And he is just so fundamental to that. Yeah, and it's what you said. Maybe he's not um, playing passes every second, but it's just the way he knows when to go, when to stay, when to run the channel, when to maybe drop back a little bit as well. And, you know, I, I don't think that kind of, in-game intelligence or appreciation for his role can be underestimated because mm. I think by, you know, by most standards, Eddie Nketiah came in when he was out, did well, scored a couple of goals, but this is just another level of player we're looking at here. And it's so good to have him back because people talk about the Saliba injury last year, but I, I think the, the Jesus injury gets swept under the carpet a little bit because it happened during the World Cup we were playing well when we when he mm. when everybody came back you know we we missed him for 3 months of the season you know this this can't be underestimated and his influence can't be underestimated as well so it's just great to have him back he's been managed well and i think he's kind of raring to go for sunday which is which is what you want to see well that's exactly it and he did have more chances there were chances in the second half he did force the keeper into a save there was one where mm-hmm. he cut back in on his left foot when maybe he should have taken that shot first time I think he sort of had visions of the the Manchester United goal in his mind there where he just wanted to sit the defender down and uh, and finish and there was another one where I think it was Kai Havertz played a very nice pass into him and he just sort of poked it wide yeah of he the, did yeah 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 what, what did you make of Havertz yesterday uh, he, he's been a guy who's been in the spotlight was taken out of it a bit obviously with the introduction of Fabio Vieira who came in and did well but I thought this would be the kind of game where Mikel Arteta would, would, would start him I thought this was probably his best game for us and I know people might raise their eyes to heaven a little bit at this but no, his 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 all round play was very good. I think when he was in midfield, he was good. When he was up top, he gave us something a little bit different as well. When we started to make changes, but there, you know, you notice him making runs that 
maybe some of the Arsenal players aren't quite on the same wavelength with yet. There were a couple of moments where uh, you thought, well, look, if you could get your head up and make that pass, you know, he's in a, he's in a good position to kick it over the bar from three yards. I'm kidding, but you know what I mean. There, there are <laughs> there are aspects to his game that I think some of his teammates are are getting used to. Uh, but this was, a, I think, a really positive night for him. Agreed. I mean, look, as much as he's getting used to the to the role of uh, of our left eight and and the kind of specificity specificity, sorry, that mm-hmm. comes with it our teammates or his teammates and our players are getting used to him as well because he's not Granite Xhaka. He plays the role in a slightly different way where he's more of a box crasher working in the shadows, shall I say. And and look, I, I don't think it was the perfect performance. I still think he has a tendency to hide from the ball a little bit in midfield. But his best spell of the game came when he was our central striker, which was weird because, you know, we, we've signed him to kind of play that that midfield role, but I did think he looked a bit more comfortable with the contact of the defenders behind him. I think he was looking to run in behind a bit more. I think he liked being the kind of the focal point of the team, as opposed to being the guy who maybe needs to be a, more of a connector, more of a, more of a facilitator. So, so look, it's, it's slow, slow steps, but steps that are being taken, you mm. know, and I think he desperately needs a moment, whether that's an assist or a goal to go his way. I think he's been a little bit unlucky in that sense. Like you said, there were a a few runs. There was one in particular where Trossard got free down the right-hand side and just, he just had to play it along the ground and he would have been there, but he was overhit slightly and you could kind of see him put his arms up a bit and, you know, that was my moment. Um, But yeah, slowly, slowly he'll find his feet. It, It hasn't been an easy introduction for him. And I think, You've made the point before that he's come with a lot of baggage, um, both from the sense that he had a difficult few years at Chelsea, but also from the fans that he he is another player coming from Chelsea. You know, a lot of money maybe wasn't the most convincing during his time in England, but I think I saw enough yesterday to show that he is making steps in the right direction. And there were even a couple of defensive interventions where I thought, good, you know, you've, you've got stuck in there. Maybe a couple of them were fouls, but there were a few recovery runs, a few challenges that showed me that he's slowly getting to grips with what is needed from that left eight role. Mm. Let's hope he can, you know, continue on that that uh, positive uh, trajectory um, as we go forward. But I think it was a good night for him. It was a good night as well for Martin Odegaard, who, <laughs> who scored another goal. I mean, this driller into the, uh, into the bottom corner is really fast becoming his trademark, you know, from outside the box. I think he scored a goal like that, maybe just inside the box um, for Norway during the international break. Mm-hmm. But if you're a goalkeeper and you see Martin Odegaard lining it up on your left foot, you are going, you're diving to your left, dive early, because that's the only way you're going to get there, because the precision of, of his shooting is unbelievable. If you look at the replay of the Saka goal, uh, the Odegaard shot that he takes, and it's a good save from the goalkeeper, is going straight into that bottom corner. But this sort of low uh, driller into the bottom, it's just such, it's so pleasing from an aesthetic point of view to see them whistle in beyond the goalkeeper. And, um, you know, he, he's another guy who's, uh, I was I was watching Sky Sports at the weekend for the Everton game, and, and Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank was on going, yeah, you know, the thing about Odegaard is I just say to him, maybe you should score a few more goals. 
I was like, buddy, he, he got 15 goals last season in the Premier League. Were you not watching? Non-penalty goals. Non-penalty goals. Were you not watching? I mean, he, he doesn't have an assist to his name so far this season, which is kind of incredible, but um, he's got three goals in seven appearances, got his first Champions League goal for Arsenal last night, and I think it rounded out a very, very uh, good performance from the captain. Yeah, completely. I think it's it's just hilarious to me that someone who was averaging about one shot, one shot every five games is now taking about three per game mm. um, and developing this kind of trademark finish. You know, it's, I'm running out of things to say about him. Honestly, I just think he's a, he's a technical leader in every sense. You know, he's been given the, the keys to this team and everyone is just playing to his rhythm, his pace. It was like he was on the playground yesterday. Um, and he spoke beforehand about waiting for this moment to play in the Champions League and, you know, just the, the level of ball retention, the way he's able to combine with his teammates in those tight spaces, the timing and the weight of his pass is always perfect. But what I love as well is that he's always the first to press and close down passing lanes. And I just think he's added so much to his game in such a short space of time, the, you know, Putting a team on your back is not an easy thing to do. Mm. And I think in the last 12 to 18 months, he's really developed a an enjoyment for that responsibility. Whether that's come with the armband or not, I'm not sure. It would be a bit of a soft factor to assume that it would. But I think, look, something's obviously clicked in him and he's just a joy to watch. Like you said, mm. there's an inevitability to him now on the edge of the box where you think as soon as he does that little shimmy, um, and he finds himself in five yards of space, it's going in, you know? And mm. I think this is such a a crucial part that he's managed to add to his game where we needed goals from him and he's doing it. And it's just so nice to watch him because I think he's become such a complete player. When he's on it, there are few players in, in world football. And, I, I, and look, I fully acknowledge my bias here, but in world football that I would enjoy watching more. Mm. It's, it's, it's that simple. Yep. It's that simple. Cannot disagree. Cannot disagree with that. Uh, I'll talk to you about substitutions in a minute, but a night when you win 4-0 and we're waxing lyrical about Bakayo Saka and Gabriel Jesus and Martin Odegaard uh, and all the rest, Leandro Trossard, which I think is entirely fair enough. But I also think it's worth pointing out that players like that cannot really produce unless there is a, a stable platform behind them to allow them to sort of show their show their stuff. And I think, you know, there's Saliba little shimmy in, in midfield where he just sort of does a little one-two oh, and sh shuffles. Iniesta would have been proud of that one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was like Busquets used to do a little bit as well, the way mm -hmm. you just sort of move the ball from one foot to another and then get away. But I think the defenders, um, you know, not maybe not so much Zinchenko, and I'm not taking anything away from Zinchenko here, but I think the defensive platform of yesterday's game was Saliba, Ben White, Gabriel, and Declan Rice. And I think a couple mm -hmm. of times Declan Rice's passing was not quite where it should have been, overhit a few. Um, but in terms of his defensive positioning, in terms of where he needed to be on the pitch pretty much at all times with white behind him with Saliba imperious Gabriel you know you know what you're going to get from Gabriel I thought in fairness to him he looked a little bit tired 
towards the end of the game. There were a couple of moments where he was down on his hunkers, but you know he went away with Brazil, played a couple of games for Brazil as well. Maybe it's catching up with him a little bit. Getting took, those took a knock as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, knock to the thigh. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, maybe those minutes are, are kind of what he needs. He strikes me as the kind of guy that, you know, he he needs the the sort of rhythm of lots of minutes to be at his best. But those three defenders and Declan Rice really helped provide the platform for the attacking performance that we were able to put in, you know, as well as the fact, of course, that the PSV were a bit more open than some of the teams we played in the Premier League. But, you know, they maybe they don't get the credit they deserve for what they do on a night when the attack is the one that catches all the all the stars and the rainbows, if you like. Yeah. I mean, how secure do you feel with the, with those guys standing there? Yeah. You know, it's just, you watch them, even when they're coming out of the tunnel, you just feel this kind of presence with all of them. And I think, look, Saliba and Gabriel were already a kind of formidable partnership. Ben White, we know that he's been so consistent for us at at centre-back and right-back now. Mm -hmm. And just adding Declan Rice in there, who has this incredible ability to just be in the right place, at all times, you know, and even when he is out of position and needs to recover, he just finds this second wind where he can accelerate in about 0.4 seconds, like a sports car, come back, nick the ball and and we go again, you know, and look, there were times where PSV maybe did get in, although I thought that was mostly down to the ease of which we found the game. I think there maybe was a conservation of energy at times where we thought, okay, I'm not going to go busting a lung to, to mm. get to this guy. I think I'm I'm comfortable with my centre-backs being able to head out whatever's, whatever's coming into the box. But there's just such an assurance there, a physical assurance, but also a technical assurance. Like you said, you mentioned the, the croquetta there from Saliba, you know, Ben White, so comfortable in those tight spaces in the corner whether it's, you know, finding Saka with a little chipped ball down the line or coming inside, you know, Declan Rice, he just looks like he was meant to play in this team already. And Mm -hmm. I think we haven't really mentioned him in terms of yesterday's result because he just did his work, came in, made a few tackles, won his aerial duels and and then went off, you know? And it's just so nice to not have to talk about people because there's a confidence in them doing their jobs. Mm. You know, and PSV were not the sternest test we will face this season. But as these relationships develop, as their automatisms developed about where they should be standing, their positioning, who needs to cover who, it's just such a nice feeling because for too long, every time the ball went over our halfway line, we were scared. We had to deal with David Luiz backing away into the parking lot. We had to deal with Mustafi sliding in at the corner flag. We had to deal with Kalasinac losing his position completely. Mm. It's just so nice, isn't it? It is. Um, and like you said, to have this springboard, they are what allow our attackers to do what they do best. Yeah, proper defenders, proper proper, proper defenders. And actually, you know, can I give some props to uh, to Ben White as well? Like in the eighty second minute, there's a there's a passage of play in the PSV half, and we're four nil up, and it's the eighty second minute, and he could just sit off and take the pass and go backwards. But he sees the space. He makes a run. I think it's Fabio Vieira who plays the ball into him. He gets beyond, pulls the ball back into the box. Nothing comes of it. But I think that is uh, illustrative of the mindset that Mikel Arteta is trying to instill 
in these players. Like 4-0, it's game's over. It's done. Everybody knows it. Arsenal know it. PSV know it. But, you know, in the mind of Ben White, he's like, well, I've got the opportunity here to make something happen for my team. And he does it. And, you know, the, the easy slash comfortable slash save a bit of legs for the North London Derby slash lazy thing to do is just sort of take the ball and go back and we'll, we'll, we'll recycle it and all the rest. But, no, straightforward, goes sliding in, gets the ball uh, across the the opposition box. I, I, I just, I think he's somebody who everyone appreciates, but maybe he doesn't get as many flowers as, as some of the others because, uh, not that it's low key, but I think he's he's just, he does it on such a consistent basis that we get kind of used to it a little bit. So um, I, I, I want to give my... Uh, I want to give my juice to Ben White today. Um, and also, what a good yellow card as well. He's added <laughs> another one to his collection. I mean, the way he just... I mean, he's such a massive shithouse, isn't he? Yeah. Um, just a little tapper. Just grab just the guy's one. Yeah. Just a little one, you know? And then I, I love the kind of nonchalant run back as well. Like, he knows what he's done. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just brilliant. And I, I don't think it's spoken about enough how seamless his transition from center back to to right back has been um maybe not by arsenal fans but in the wider sense of things i mm. think the fact that he's still playing every game as a crucial part of this team having changed position completely has been nothing short of incredible yeah. um and look there were a couple of times where where noah lang was taking him you know on the outside but again he's just so reliable and consistent yeah and it's it's what we we needed for so long in a position like that. Yeah, I did look at the yellow card. And went, What's he got booked there for? What? That, that's very soft. What's the referee doing? And I was like, Oh, I see. <laughs> Fair enough. Can't argue with that one. I'm just looking forward to the way it's coming next. What's it? Pull someone shorts down. <laughs> um, you know, it's like he's running a little tickle in the armpit. What's next? He'll really, do that thing, you know, where you uh, kneel down behind somebody and someone that oh, pushes you just push him over. over. Yeah, yeah something get, like get that. Saka to push them over. Yeah. <laughs> undo, undo someone's shoelace. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, the possibilities are endless. I would put nothing past that man. Uh, yeah. Changes obviously made with the North London derby in mind. Um, after about an hour. We have Zinchenko and Trossard coming off, uh, Reese Nelson and Tommy Asu on. Uh, Reese Nelson, of course, um, you know, involved well with uh, the Odegaard goal. Uh, just before the 70 minute mark, just before the fourth goal, Saka and Jesus go off. Uh, again, you know, getting those minutes into the legs of Jesus, saving a few minutes of, of, of Saka's energy. And you get Smith Rowe and Vieira on, and Vieira's obviously played a part. But this is, you know, uh, maybe the first time we've seen C uh, Smith Rowe in any significant way uh, so far this season. Mikel Arteta said he got emotional when he heard the reaction to Smith Rowe coming onto the pitch, which again shows you, uh, you know, this is it goes back maybe to what we were talking about at the start about the connection between players and fans that exists, and it's a real thing. And it is, I think, something he has to bear in mind a little bit, you know. But it was a brilliant reception for Smith Rowe. I thought he did pretty well when he came on, looked a little bit rusty, but I don't mm -hmm. think that's um uh, I don't think that's a surprise in any way because he hasn't really played a great deal, but did end the game with two key passes as well. Uh there were a couple of moments where I thought, go for it, get on your toes a little bit more. But I think it's gonna take him perhaps a little bit of time to to find his feet and find his rhythm, but nice to see him get on the pitch and get some minutes uh, under his belt. 
really lovely um and as arteta said what a lovely moment for him to to still feel like he's part of this group when it would be very easy after you know however many games this season not to make a single appearance to feel on the fringes of it um it could have been the biggest cheer of the night seeing him there you know about to come on so you know it's i i have missed him to be honest i have missed watching him because Again, like Saka, when we needed somebody to step up and really take take this team by the scruff of the neck, he was one of the few players who 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 was successful in doing so. Um, and for me in this squad, he's a bit of a unicorn in the way that he can score goals from midfield and how he can turn on 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 a on a sixpence and drive with the ball. I think he has a lot of unique attributes that we haven't really seen enough of. And I know that we are a really good team and competition for places is so high it's difficult to come in and force your way in and 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 be able to to, to sort of get consistent minutes but i just loved seeing him back on the pitch again and and look you said he was a little bit rusty there was a couple of passes that were maybe overhit to Reese Nelson down the left hand side mm. there was one moment where there was a one two on um and I was just shouting at Nelson to play it back to him because he was in, but I think he he decided to take a touch and then go for a shot, which was blocked. But, you know, great to see him back. I think there will be opportunities for him this season. Maybe it's not as available as, as he'd like them to be um, or as we would like them to be, but great to see him back. The reception was lovely. And again, it just shows you the strength in depth that we have. I mean, the bench yesterday, especially in a, in an attacking sense, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's amazing how we've managed to turn this squad around in, in two years. Yeah. You know, really it, incredible. It's chalk and cheese. And look, the door, it felt like the door was closing a bit for Smith Rowe and, and hopefully the door is open again. Now the door's ajar. He can stick his foot in there and, and, and work his way back in. Of course, there's a Carabao Cup game next week, which mm -hmm. you imagine he'll start in. So a chance for him to, to sort of, um, not prove anything, but to sort of fight and to put himself more firmly in the manager's plans. Um, you know, these Champions League games um, and these games where we're playing Wednesday, Saturday or Tuesday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever it might be, you know, you do have to use your squad. So it's good to see him. I did enjoy like in the last minute, we got a free kick in midfield and Jorginho told, told uh, Gabriel and William Saliba, go on, get it, get in the box there, get in the box. It was just like, oh, fuck, if I'm a centre half and it's the 94th minute and we're 4-0 up, I'm like, listen, buddy, you just take that, kick it backwards, we'll, we'll keep the ball. But, you know, overall, a really impressive night from an Arsenal perspective. And I think it was, look, you can have games where you do what you need to do. You get the win, you get the points. But I think on our first game back, there was something about the way we played, what we did, what we delivered that said, look, we're back. This is where mm -hmm. we're supposed to be. This is where we belong. This is the competition that's been such a big part of our, our history. And I'm taking nothing for granted, but it just felt a little bit like there was a statement to the result, the performance, the, 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 the sort of approach the ruthlessness with which we took apart PSV, I, I have to say, I, I loved it. You know, I loved that. Um, I love that sense of we're telling you something about ourselves here. This wasn't just a one nil. Oh yeah, good. Yeah, one nil. First game back. Ease yourself into the competition. It was like, boof. Here we go. 
Some might say this is the fogging a standard, Andrew. The fogging standards. Uh, this is the fogging a standard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is where we, we should be, right? There's no sugarcoating it. The last six or seven years have not been good enough, but hopefully, you know, let's have another 19 years of this, eh? Because it's quite fun when you get down to it. It is. Um, just, just quickly, what, mm. what channel were you watching on? TNT. <laughs> what was the commentator doing? with about half of our names i i'm not sure and like he's a fairly experienced commentator a guy called paul dempsey yeah but i did not know did he lose a bet I maybe did, he lost a bet with someone i was trying to figure out who Verrera was fabio Verrera. fabio Verrera, yeah. <laughs> and then there was what was the other one harvard's no it was two there was harvard's and havort's it was strange um, all right alexander zinchenko he was putting like the emphasis on the O on at the, the end, Zinchenko, oh, yeah. and Gabriel, like he was, um, you know, Spanish. Gabriel. It was like, um, know, Antonio Banderas style. <laughs> Possibly. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was just so funny. There was, and even when he was referencing the Man United Bayern score, you know, when it dropped down in the mm. top left hand corner, he was like, Casemiro. You know, they they've got a goal back thanks to Casemiro, and it was just like, what are you, what are you doing? Maybe it is a joke. Maybe it's an in-house yeah. thing. You know, see if you can mangle names and and get. But yeah, I, it did stand out to me a little bit as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think what, what what's interesting as well about some of the commentators now is that they're all trying to maybe. Uh, do what Peter Drury does. They're all trying to be these kind of uh, make up these beautiful poetic metaphors for what you're seeing, mm -hmm. you know, and it doesn't often work in the way that it should. But look, we, if that's all we've got really to complain about after uh, a game against PSV in the Champions League, I think we can live with that, right? Oh, yeah. No, no, no issues. I mean, look, four goals, four different scorers, no mm. injuries, players rested. It was the perfect night. Perfect, perfect night. Yeah, there were just just what you want ahead of a North London derby. You know, they, of course, have a, a week off because they're not uh, in Europe. But I think from our perspective, when you're preparing for uh, that kind of a game and that size of a game, I mean, we've all been sitting and talking about what's it going to be like when this team actually clicks? What's it going to be like when we get a bit of attacking fluency? What's it going to be like when the relationships start to develop? And, and you know, I don't want to say we can put our best 11 out there because I, I don't think we can, uh, we can exist with a sort of best 11 mindset. But last night was very, very promising in that regard. Yeah, and, and this is just a part of what we need to adjust to now as Arsenal fans. We don't have an 11 that plays every week. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's going to be two changes. Sometimes it's going to be three changes. Sometimes it will be Raya. Sometimes it will be Ramsdale. But, you know, this is the promised land. You know, we have players, 12, 13, 14 players that we can trust to come in and perform when we need them and at the highest level too. So, I mean, do you think that was important know. in terms of the belief of some of these players? Because, you know, okay, Jesus and Zinchenko have played in the... Uh, played in the Champions League before Kai Havertz has played in the Champions League before, but you know Saka hasn't, and mm -hmm. Declan Rice hasn't, and uh, Saliba did he play? He might have done for Marseille. No, did he? no? I, don't, I think it was Europa League. Right. Don't quote me on that though. Yeah, I mean Raya hasn't. Even ben Martinelli White hasn't. Martinelli, yeah. you know, wasn't even there. Yeah. So. You know, I think for for the belief of the players that okay, you know, this is uh, ostensibly the the highest level. Uh, that you can play at in in the 
the club game, mm-hmm. do we belong? Is this too much for us? No, it's not. You know, we're we're more than capable. I think it's going to be, it's going to be really important for the other games in, in this group. So a great way to to start. Uh, just before we go, I suppose we could take a quick uh, look around at some of the other bits and bobs that happened. I mean, Bayern Munich four three Manchester United, absolutely chaotic game of football. Andre Onana with a with a howler. I mean, to be fair to him, he came out, he fronted up, and and spoke about it uh, afterwards. But what I'd said to Lewis, you know, about Bayern Munich not being what they were, um, you know, the last time we played them, I sort of read out the two teams uh, for, from our last Champions League game. It was like, oh, okay, you can see the the golf here. You can't really see that golf, and I think that sort of was borne out a little bit in in this game where they conceded three goals, scored four, uh, United again all over the shop, which is uh, which is fun to see. Yeah, I mean, congratulations to Manchester United for, for signing a goalkeeper who can't use his hands um, <laughs> after letting another goalkeeper leave who couldn't use his feet. So balance is the, is the key to life. Um, but no worries. Onana made 897 passes in the Arsenal half a few weeks ago. So... Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, actually, to be honest, I think it, Bayern really are not the dominant force we we usually know them to be. But they still had nineteen shots. They hit the post twice. They scored four goals. Um, and United are, are just an embarrassment. Mm. You know, the, again, there's clips going around this morning of McTominay, who came on in the sixty seventh minute, refusing to track people in the seventy ninth minute. You know, Bruno Fernandes is playing hero ball and trying left-footed half volleys from 25 yards that get ballooned into Rosette, you know, and Mm. that's when he's not sulking at the referees or at his teammates. It's bad. It's bad. Long may it continue. Um, Absolutely. What about about Jude Bellingham? What an incredible start to his, his career at Real Madrid. I think it's seven goals now in eight games, something or maybe less. And about um, three of them have come in injury time. Unbelievable. You know, I mean, I felt so bad for for Union Berlin, I have yeah. to say. Um, you know, I, I watched them lump the ball around in 2019 <laughs> and was certain they'd be straight back down to the Zweite Bundesliga. Um, and they were minutes away from keeping a clean sheet at the Bernabeu three, three years later. Mm. It's absolutely incredible. Um, I, I don't think enough attention is being paid to their story. Um, but yeah, just heartbreaking to lose in those circumstances, having kind of kept kept them out for so long. But but Bellingham just just has this this aura about him in in a similar way to Declan Rice. Maybe Bellingham has more personality, I'd, I'd say. But to be able to carry a club of Real Madrid stature on his back at twenty years of age <sighs> is nothing short of incredible. Yeah, amazing. genuinely. Yeah. Um, and the way he's been able to come in and make an instant impact is, you know, is a testament to his ability. Really. Yeah. And I, I, you know what, as well, I think it's worth pointing out that I think he has made a brilliant decision for him. He's made a brilliant decision. I mean, look, I guess it's not much of a fucking decision when Real Madrid come in for you and you're 20 years of age. But, you know, there were other options available to him. And maybe there was, you know, um, 
maybe more lucrative options. Maybe there's more money in the Premier League, but I think in terms of his own career and his own development as a footballer and a person, you know, he's only 20 years of age. He's now going to live in another country, learn a different language, all the cultural things that come with all of that. I think it's a it's a testament to, you know, the way his career has been managed and, and the decisions that have been made around him. And um, yeah, he's just an amazing footballer. Can I ask you, just going back to the Man United game, what you thought of the the handball um, decision on on Christian Eriksen. There was a similar mm. one in the PSG Borussia Dortmund game where I'm thinking, fuck, you know, that can't be, that can't no. be handball. It's harsh. I mean, yes, it's slightly away from his body. I think it was Christian Eriksen, wasn't it? Mm. Um, I mean, this, an, an incident like that, should not give the opposition an 80% chance of scoring a goal. Yeah. You know, it, it's just as simple as that. And I think especially in Europe, they are a lot more prone to giving handballs um, as penalties in, in the area. But it just it just felt really harsh to me. Um, and, I, and I don't think... You know, if that if that was awarded against Arsenal, I would have been I would have been fuming. Same, personally. same with the one in the PSG game as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Mbappe scored the penalty. I mean, I don't think Borussia Dortmund were any good in that game. No, but uh, it, it's still it's still very very harsh. Newcastle nil uh, nil with uh, AC Milan on their first Champions League game. Somehow, mm. somehow nil nil. Um, yeah, bit fortunate, I would say. Yeah, a little bit fortunate. I thought Nick Pope had a very good game. They were also, you know, they as in Milan were also quite profligate. Oh, um, Rafael Leao, that moment where he just sort of dribbled they, into the box and then he's like, I'm going, shoot, just shoot with your foot. And he tried the, yeah. the back heel thing. It's just like, oh, come on. Smash it into the corner. Yeah. There's no need for, you already did the hard work. Um, and Giroud missed another trademark near post finish. <laughs> you know, there, there was even one at the end where... You know, there was like a crazy scramble, but but then Newcastle could have nicked it as well. I think Sean Longstaff had a shot that was well saved. So, you know, I think Milan will will be the the ones regretting that that goal is draw. I'd say goal of the week in terms of Champions League, I think, <laughs> came from Lazio's goalkeeper in the oh. last minute against uh, Atletico Madrid. I mean. What incredible movement and what a finish. <laughs> I mean, if any centre forward had pulled that off, you go, wow, that's a classic number nine goal, isn't it? I suppose there might be something to the idea that goalkeepers are very good at judging the flight of a ball in mm -hmm. the air. Um, you don't see them in the opposition box too often, but what a fucking goal that was. Yeah, and the sheer confusion about who's picking up who, yeah, who's following him in. You know, it was amazing as well. This is, you know, um, I think his name is Ivan Provadel. He was wearing the number ninety-four, and he scores a bullet header in the ninety-fourth minute to equalise against Atletico Madrid. It is written in the Champions League. It is written on the back of his shirt. I mean, what I loved most about this moment was not the the header or the movement but the absolute confusion at then having to celebrate. <laughs> I think you yeah, would have looked more comfortable taking a, an aerodynamics exam than celebrating at that moment. I mean, the awkwardness of his of the run back to his goal uh, is just brilliant. Mm. It's so, so good. They never know what to do, do they? Um, on the off chance that they do score, but what an incredible moment. Yeah. Just once in a lifetime, isn't it? I mean, if this is the kind of entertainment the Champions League is going to serve up to us this season, I'm all for it. You know, on top of an Arsenal win, goalkeeper scoring, Manchester United getting beaten. 
It's been a good first Champions League week, Phil. I'd say so. Um, and yeah, just just really great to be back because there's there's such a feeling of belonging in this tournament. And even when we were in it, there was a strong feeling of underachievement. So now is the time to to put that right because I genuinely think looking around the standard is not as high as I maybe thought. Mm-hmm. And there, there could be a way for us to, to get far in here, but I'm not going to say anything and jinx it, okay. but there could, there could be a way in is what I'm saying. All right. All right. Well, let's hope you're right. It will all play out in front of us. And of course, we will discuss uh, the Arsenal games and the Champions League in general on these series of podcasts throughout the season. For now, we'll leave it there, Phil. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's a brand new year, and what better time to get going with that online store you've been thinking of. Those I was there when Arsenal actually scored a goal t-shirts would fly off the shelves right now. And to get yourself up and running, you need Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way through to the did we hit a million order stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort with thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash arsblog, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash arsblog now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash arsblog. Thank you very much indeed to Phil. You can find him on Twitter. He is at underscore Phil Costa, at underscore Phil Costa. So the first Champions League game is done and dusted. Three points in the bag or on the table, whichever way you would like to put that. Now the attention turns, of course, to the North London Derby, which takes place on Sunday. For more on that game, for a full preview, we'll take into account Mikel Arteta's press conference, which takes place Friday at 1.30 p.m. You can join myself and Lewis Ambrose over on Patreon. We will do our usual Premier League preview podcast. If you're not already a member, you can sign up for basically about a five or a month. You get instant access to everything we do on Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash arsblog, patreon.com forward slash arsblog. We will, of course, have an Arscast extra for you on Monday as well, so please do join join us for that in the meantime take it easy have a great weekend and we will catch you on the next one until then cheers bye bye 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 